everybody, this is Brian here. Just want to take a quick minute before this episode begins to give you a heads up about some audio issues we've had with our guest Luke this week. The trouble was on our end, it was no fault of his own, but I just wanted to make you guys aware in case the audio gets a little wonky from time to time. We hope you enjoy the show, and we appreciate Luke being a guest this week. Take care. Hey, welcome back to the Marine Corps Movie Minute, where we discuss the movies of the Marine Corps one minute at a time. Currently, we're in the midst of breaking down Heartbreak Ridge. And before we discuss what happens in Minute 82, I just, as always, want to introduce myself. I'm Brian. I'm Jack. And um, I'm Luke Allen. I'm a 16-year-old filmmaker and podcaster. I host Two Minutes About Time and formerly hosted Please Be Seated. In fact, I wonder, am I the youngest Movie by Minute podcast host? I haven't checked this. As far as I'm aware, yes. And you're definitely our youngest guest. Yeah. Unless you count my daughter who did a little special episode with me one time. <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'm, I'm going to consult the chat later. Um, yeah, I'd be curious to know out. that. Thanks for joining us, Luke. Appreciate you coming. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good fun. And I know absolute diddly squat about this film. So it's exciting. Well, good. Yeah. You fit right in with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into the minute. We got minute 82. And this minute begins with a revelation, and it ends with a well-dressed recon platoon marching off to PT. <laughs> yeah. That's the first time they've been dressed mar- marching off to PT. Yep. All right, so we'll, let's just jump in. We've, um, well, this is, you know, it's Monday. So on Friday, we were discussing, Little Mary is the woman in, who owns the bar. Yeah, L- Luke is uh, not too familiar with this movie. Actually, before we get into it. I don't it, even know the genre. <laughs> I was going to say, Luke, so... We talked about having you on as a guest, and, and we, we discussed the fact that you've never seen the movie before, and it, we thought it was a good or better idea to just kind of, well, since you haven't seen it, don't even research it. Let's just talk about the minutes as they come. Without getting into each individual minute, just overall, what, what's your impression of what you've seen over these last uh, next three minutes that we're going to discuss? I liked it, and I was relieved that when we were looking earlier that you were laughing through it because I got comedy vibes, but I didn't know what the genre was. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of relieved that I, I couldn't tell because there wasn't anything that specifically made me laugh without the context. But there was just something in the way that it was shot that made me think, oh yeah, this is a there there is comedy in this. So that that was it really. And Clint Eastwood, older than I've seen him in anything to be honest. I <laughs> I'm not too familiar with Clint Eastwood, but of his stuff, I know the the old classic um, few dollars more. And, yeah, the Western dollars. movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is definitely his. Like, I'm the older guy, but I can still go. And he's still going now, isn't he? So yeah, like... yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he still had another. He's thirty years in him after this, as far as being <laughs> an action hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is kind of around the. Uh, well, actually, this is even before Unforgiven, where he gets a little bit older, playing an aging, you know, gunfighter. Gun, gun, yeah, gunfighter. This is now he's playing an aging military vet. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we always go back and forth about what kind of movie this is. I would have always classified this movie as a war movie when I first saw it. Yeah. But it's it's an it's a, or an action movie. But it's it's definitely a comedy as well. In a sort of lethal it's got weapon comedic way, elements. Is it? Yeah, I would say it's maybe not as yuck yuck funny as like um ha ha funny as Lethal Weapon. Like Lethal Weapon intentionally had some good stuff but i actually think this intentionally meant to be funny it's a little more, more, more maybe a little drier sense of humor 
Well, as as a Brit, that's always great. Love a Brit. <laughs> yeah, because like like we were just discussing before we started recording, this minute doesn't actually have a lot of dialogue, but we were cracking up watching this minute. Now, some of it's because we we know the movie. Some of it, to me, it's Clint Eastwood's facial reactions, you know, stuff like that. So. But also there's there's scenes and we don't really get to it, I think, with you that that are very uh, dramatic, if you will. Yeah. Kind of heavy. Even there's definitely some relationship stuff and some real life stuff that you don't really think about when it comes to an action comedy. You know, it gets a little little serious a few times, but still fascinating like to, to watch. Uh, at least that's what I find. Yeah. Uh, but this is this definitely aside from. The very first few seconds of this minute that we're discussing, where that's a follow-up to a heavy conversation, then it immediately goes into, this is a funny minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little comic relief, because, yeah, that last minute was pretty it was pretty powerful. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, somber music and explanation about what was going on, a lot of back history. And, you know, for Stitch, like, what kind of character, what kind of, like, what kind of man Tom Highway was uh, before, you know, he started his relationship with him, before, you know understanding more about the man himself. And then now in, in true stitch Jones fashion, it finds a way yeah. <laughs> to turn this about, Hey man, we're going to ride a wrong here. <laughs> yeah. As we've talked about throughout this whole you know, movie, improvise, adapt and overcome. He proves yeah. it right here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I, I know I started to talk about this Friday. Chuzu and stitch Jones were discussing basically what happened to Stoney Jackson and Stoney Jackson is little Mary's husband, uh, the owner of the bar and, and Clint Eastwood and sorry, major Chuzu's former uh, platoon sergeant. Uh, they, they fought together in Korea and we, we learned that Gunny highway received a congressional medal of honor for his actions in Korea. And that Chuzu, Stoney Jackson and Clint Eastwood, you know, Gunny highway were the only, the only members of their platoon left alive after their, their battle. And, and Gunny Highway basically single-handedly took out everybody. Sitch Jones wanted to know what happened to Stoney Jackson was his name. And it, we, we learned that he was killed in, K, in this minute, that he was killed in Quezon in 1968 during the Vietnam War. Perry and I, we've already kind of discussed uh, a, little, a little bit about what 1968 in Vietnam looked like, in particular about the siege of Quezon. Mm-hmm. That, that went on for wow, geez, how was it months? 70, yeah, 70, 72 days, seventy three days. Yeah, I, yeah. Actually, I think I have it here. I thought it was seventy seven. If I weirdly, yeah. I yeah. don't know as much about that as I thought I would because I studied Vietnam War in uh, GCSE, and <laughs> weirdly, that that part of the war hasn't had never come up. And I mean, goodness knows how good I've done since exams have been cancelled, but. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's just so much, so, so much of that war. It, it's just, it's, it's almost too much to, to know and remember, um, unless you're constantly researching it or reading about it. Like, like in, in boot camp, they, Quezon, Way, City, all that. They, these were stuff that they um, talked about, uh, about the, you know, Marine battles that they had to deal with. But um, I, I even talk, uh, in, I took some college courses that was a, complete Vietnam class. And even I still had to go back and look up some of the information about Quezon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, it's so much, but uh, yeah. 77 day battle, Perry. That's, that's 77. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of people dead them, you know, both sides, but yep. Marines held the line and well, actually what do they say? It had been the, at that point was the biggest single battle of Vietnam war. 
it explains what happened to little Mary's husband and, you know, their, their former platoon sergeant. So real quick, Perry, I just wanted to, I, I put, I threw this in the uh, Marine Corps movie minute quarter deck because mm-hmm. we had recently talked about, sorry, what is his name? Chuzu and Stitch Jones came in and he's, and he was being introduced to little Mary. Chuzu said something. I said, remember, I said, I couldn't remember what he couldn't quite understand what he said. And we assumed he said, Little Mary served th- Marines through through um, in three wars. That's mm-hmm. exactly what he said. I went in through in the um, DVD and got the the uh, subtitles, and that's exactly what he said. So what we assumed he said was correct. Three wars. Yeah. Now what that exactly means, we we we'll we'll leave our previous episode to as the record uh, of what we think happened. But which is, is interesting because in this movie, and this is what they were talking about here, Stony Jackson and. Clint Eastwood's character and Sergeant Major Chuzu all were in the army during the Korean War, but by the time they were in Vietnam War, they were in the Marines. Uh, so they had changed services. So we're curious as to what at what point this happened. Did they all get out and then all come back in for because of the Vietnam War, or had yeah. just after Korea did they just you know like I want to stay in the service, but I'm going to switch Marine you know to the Marines, and they all did it together. Yeah, which is weird because they they uh, they all ended up going back to war together. They tra- may have possibly gone to boot camp together because I'm assuming that even then there wasn't just a, a service change. Like you still had to go learn how to be a marine. So I'm yeah. I'm sure that they would have had to gone through boot camp. There's a lot of man. There's a lot of well. There's a lot of bad fortune. Yeah, there's a lot of fortune that made made everything work out where they stayed together to go to the yeah. next war together. That's just well, like, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, and and movie and movie reason, like behind the scenes reason, this movie is called Heartbreak Ridge, but it's a it's about the Marines. But the Heartbreak Ridge battle in real life was was with the Army. So what right. they had to do is they had to come up with a reason why they fought in one battle but were in the Marines, and the reason they're Marines and not Army in the movie is because the U.S. Army said. Oh no, we are not <laughs> supporting <laughs> this movie at all. But the Marines said, "Yeah, we'll do it." <laughs> yeah. So after that, let's you know we'll get away from the sadness. And I will say real quick, you know, little Mary interrupts them and asks them if she can get them anything to eat. She can make it up real quick, and it's you know it's not a problem. Stitch Jones kind of something catches his eye and he goes over to talk to her. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Hey." I think I think they're both a little like they're almost sad for for little Mary the fact that they're talking about her husband, but. If you notice, um, Sergeant Major Chuzu, after Stitch walks away, he turns back to look at those photos and he and he just kind of puts his head down like like he's sad, you know, <laughs> thinking about his buddy. But uh, Stitch Jones goes up and catches what little Mary's, ca- uh, you know, carrying in her hands, which is a bunch of T-shirts. <laughs> yeah. And he asks her, are you up and moving when Gunny Highways leaves for the base? And she goes, well, you know, I pour his coffee, lay out his things. And she's. She could, you could kind of tell the look on her face. She's asking, like, she's kind of like, where's this going? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stitch Jones just gets the biggest shitting grin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I literally put in my notes, the light bulb went up over his head. <laughs> He's got an idea. Yeah, turning the tables. Because, <laughs> you know, because Luke's not familiar with this. We'll just let him know. Earlier in the movie, these guys were a bunch of ragtag uh, misfits. Uh, that, that's the vibe I got from what he was wearing. It felt like sort of every movie from the 80s and 90s about yeah. people changing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we and we've talked about that. It's a trope, and it and it falls right in line. 
So Gunny's idea is, you know, he's going to get them all the, on the same page. And one of that ways he's going to do that is everybody has to dress the same. So, so day one, they're all wearing different shirts. So he makes them all take their shirt off. So they had to run in the, in the, in the heat with no shirt. Day two, they all show up wearing the same shirt, but it's not the same shirt as Gunny Highway. <laughs> so he makes them take their shirts off and they go for a run with their shirts off. <laughs> and then there's like a third day, they have two different t-shirts, but he shows up in the third shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, if you're not the same, and they're like, how are we supposed to know what you're going to be wearing? He goes, well, you need to improvise, adapt, and overcome. Well, Stitch Jones improvises, adapts, and overcomes. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I love this. Now, this is where the comedy gets. We cut to the next day. It's morning PT. And it, we got a super squinty-eyed Clint Eastwood, Gunny Highway, trying to figure out just what exactly is he seeing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how the fuck did they? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and it, and the funny thing is, is uh, Mike Gomez uh, Keone's right up front goes, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, everybody's got a just a, a smile or like a ha ha ha. We got, aren't we so clever? Kind of look yeah. on their face. Yeah, right up until Lieutenant Ring shows up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Their platoon leader here is uh, Lieutenant Ring, comes running up in his uh, in his birth control glasses, as they call him, in his uh, white T-shirt with his socks pulled all the way up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it, and you notice that at the very end when they, they when they uh, face to uh, start marching away, yeah, Stitch cuts his eyes over at Lieutenant Ring and just grins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, ah. Even before that, it's right at second uh, 40, 41, when, uh, <laughs> when Lieutenant Ring walks up and he's all proud of himself. He does like the Superman pose. Yeah. <laughs> the little bit of business that they do where Clint Eastwood like gives him a sideways look, looks him up and down, and just kind of dis- disgustingly looks back at the platoon. And Lieutenant, <laughs> Ring, <laughs> Lieutenant Ring realizes it, looks down at what he's wearing, and he's like, oh. Oh, I got <laughs> okay, um, possible stupid question, but I don't know. Sure, um, go for Clint it. Eastwood's voice in this, like I compared it to interviews with him. I mean, he sounds quite, I don't know what it is with his voice, there's just something different. Is there a, a character reason for that? Yeah, yes, yes, that's exactly. He is super, like, Clint Eastwood has always had a gravelly voice. It is like super gravelly in this movie. That's what I Perry pointed this out early on that he's got some scars on his neck that Clint Eastwood doesn't really have in real life. Gunny Highway does. We found out, I figured we found an interview, actually a buddy of ours, Big Jim, friend of the show, he, he reached out to us and I, uh, I confirmed it through an interview that Clint Eastwood had an uncle who had a neck injury that caused him to have that kind of voice. And as a kid, ah. he would impersonate his uncle doing that voice. Like, we're <laughs> and even though he loved his, his, he said his uncle was the nicest guy in the world and he didn't like that, <laughs> that he was being made fun of like that. But Clint Eastwood just would do it as a kid and he could, and he would. And so he brought that idea to the character, given that he's been in so many battles and he probably was injured at some point yeah. and he gave him that extra gruff, yeah. gravelly voice. So yeah, that's totally a put on. Okay, I'm just. I'm glad I wasn't insensitive, and <laughs> there was something up. With, no. with, with, Don't worry, we're insensitive. We're sensitive enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I say, because I, I, it was a, one of the first things I thought was I haven't seen many Clint Eastwood films, but I feel he doesn't sound like that. So I went, 
the only bit of research yeah. I did was it wasn't ever needed to be connected to the film, but I searched for an interview around this time, and I was like, yeah, he sounds different. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's not as gra- you know gravelly. He's actually sometimes very soft spoken. Mm, that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah, and and honestly, we've talked we talked about this too. Like, I wouldn't say he's the best singer in the world, but the dude can sing. But he's got that that Gunny Highway man. He he's got that voice. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, we get to hear that voice when he tells the platoon right face, and we see old uh, Swede does a quite a ditty bop actually as he turns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got quite the bounce. Although, actually, speaking of Diddy Bop, Stitch Jones, he's he's marching quite like, <laughs> like you said, when he gives Lieutenant Ring that little sideways smirk, yeah, he's definitely kind of bouncing, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is exactly how I still walk, bouncing everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Luke, we were talking before we started recording a little bit about, like you said, this movie was considered in the UK is uh, rated is like a 15. So that's like equivalent to R R R, or is that closer to a PG thirteen? It's sort of the middle ground. I think most of your R's probably get their way to a fifteen over here. I mean, you you mentioned before the show about American Pie. That's a fifteen over here. A lot of action movies are eighteen. Is probably mostly R in the states. I'd imagine a few of your NC seventeen as well. All of your NC seventeen, I'd imagine, are the eighteens here. I am just loading up now, as you mentioned this, um, there's the, the BBFC have a website with a complete list of every film they've classified and why they've classified it. So I'm just searching up for Heartbreak Ridge now, and it's 15th Strong Language. Okay. As I was saying, I was, it, the violence really isn't, I mean, there's obviously some killing because it's a war movie, and there's some fighting, but the violence is very low-key in this movie. It's the language that really puts it over the edge. Well, if any of you ever do shows where you're interested in the British age rating side of things, it's my obsession. I paid once. Um, I, I, I got a student discount and I got my short film age rated for no other reason than the fact that I love age ratings. It cost me £60, which wasn't too bad. That's listed on their website. That's rated 12A, which would be 12 on DVD, but in cinemas it's basically 12A is PG-13. Because um, you go with an adult um, from under 12. And my film Unstable uh, is 12A for drug references and infrequent strong language. And I still find it huh. shocking and exciting to be able to go onto the website and see myself listed as an actual director <laughs> on, the, yeah. on the thing. Yeah. Um, and oh, I think that's cool. Yeah. They, because it's a more recent film, they actually have like a full-length insight about specifically, so it says like, you know, I don't know whether it's interesting, you can cut this out. <laughs> There's drugs, it says drugs, a young man rolls a marijuana joint, there are also scenes showing drug residue on a table, the film as a whole does not condone drug misuse. Then it says there's infrequent strong language with the F word starred. Implied strong language because one character uses the phrase F this, F that, and apparently that's counted as implied. As in he literally uses a letter F. As well as mild or bad language, the film also contains references to terminal illness. So it's nice that they gave like a proper little insight out there. And I can use this cinematically if I wanted to screen my film in a cinema. I, this is a legally enforceable age rate. So it's all very exciting. I was going to have a cinematic screening just before lockdown came down. So. Who knows whether these cinemas want me after this? Yeah, well, you got to have the cinemas open before you can do any screenings. <laughs> yeah, and it's a 17 minute film made on a zero budget. There's not many places that are after it. There was yeah. um, a couple of community centers and one cinema. Um, but who knows? Maybe I can make another film during lockdown and do a double bill. 
Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's improvising, adapting, and overcoming, you know? There you go. <laughs> I don't really have too much else for this minute. There's there's not a lot of dialogue. We we got we've already talked about some of the funnier bits. Anything you got either of you guys want to cover before we wrap up this minute? I got nothing. Not really. I couldn't quite tell what it was, but there was a a reason somehow that it that I got the vibe of of comedy undertones, and I've since Googled, and it is considered as a subgenre as comedy, at least um, from what you're saying before. It's definitely one of those mixture movies, but yeah. like all this right here is funny. You know, like yeah. to me, it's funny, mm. especially since we've. This is the payoff to several minutes of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not really sort of a, an action or war movie guy most of the time, but I, I do want to see this film and I will order a copy at some point um, because I'm just, it, it does, yeah, it seems like my sort of thing. And I can't tell what it was about the directing that made me feel that it was a comedy because there wasn't anything in the dialogue, as I said, that made me think, oh, that's funny. It was just something in the way that it was shot that it sort of reminded me of similar stuff to like Stripes or films like that. And, can't tell. <laughs> Perry's constantly uh, referring to this movie as like uh, a more serious stripes or like the Marine Corps equivalent to stripes as opposed to the, the army. It's not quite as slapsticky. There's some more, you know, like, like when they get to the battle scenes, it's more serious than stripes, but you know, and, <laughs> and fight scenes. Yeah. This whole gunny trying to deal with a bunch of knuckleheads has a lot of comedic value. Well, there's something great about a comedy that makes you feel good for noticing the joke. Yeah. <laughs> Even, like I said, this went from something serious to now, here's Stitch Jones, you know, kind of getting the wheels turning in his head, and you just the just the looks, you know, and, and, and going from that smile to Gunny, like, questioning what is he seeing, like, that's where I, like, I could see how that, like, it's like a hard cut to Gunny being like, what and then and then the pan of them all wearing the same thing he is <laughs> it's very funny and then of course here comes lieutenant ring just <laughs> completely yeah um standing out you know <laughs> when he when he came running in i was like yeah i think i'm right <laughs> like but i, yeah, but I, I yeah, think exactly. even even the vibes of and i think i've already forgotten his name the one guy you're talking about the start is in the leather jacket um yeah stitch jones yeah, yeah <laughs> even the vibes of him in the way that he was dressed it was sort of like this feels overplayed, and so it—it it sort of what it—it—the the whole thing gave me sort of vibes of Kingsman, really. The whole training part of the first Kingsman film. Oh, I yeah. love Kingsman. Kingsman yeah. awesome. I'm ready for the next one. <laughs> mm, looking forward to it. Actually, the guy we were talking about before uh, recording, which I realize no one knows. No, but the guy called Adam Collins who came to my short films premiere. He is one of the stunt guys for the for, uh, for the second Kingsman, I think, which is cool. Huh. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Before we go, Luke, do you want to? Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Where can people find you? Anything you want to, you know, promote? Go ahead. Well, I guess as I as I mentioned it, I'll use today uh, to talk about my. If, if if you keep hearing me mentioning it, if you don't, then this is a, a pointless link. Um, <laughs> uh, is my short film Unstable, which uh, I made last year on a complete zero budget over the holidays. Uh, because I'd been involved in uh, my family run a community centre, and so I, for, from a very young age, obviously I still am of a very young age, um, have been around these sort of uh, struggling addicts, and I felt for ages that media had just got it wrong. I felt like there isn't, men there aren't many things out there that just show an addict as a normal person who's made a mistake and just needs help. 
So, Unstable is sort of a romantic drama about, uh, mostly centred around the love between this guy Adam and, his, and this girl Sophie, who he meets. But how he ends up through a series of, I won't spoil it too much, but through a series of unfortunate circumstances, ends up basically falling down to a drug addiction, while she helps him, tries to help him, but sort of knows that he's got to help himself. It's 17 minutes, it's on YouTube. The YouTube video is actually about 45 minutes, there's a lot of discussion with Cast and Crew afterwards, but it's a 12A in the UK, so it probably would be PG-13 in the States. And it's gotcha. uh, my favourite thing I've done, really. It's I wrote, directed and produced it, and if anyone's just interested in seeing what, what can be done on a zero budget, like just just asking professional actors in in actor Facebook groups and on casting calls online to just say, any chance you'd like to do this? Very surprised <laughs> as to how many people were like, yeah, sure, I'll travel an hour or so to save five lines. Like it's so, I think I think hopefully it'll help people rethink their ideas of addiction, and hopefully it's also a testament to what great people there are in the film industry and how people are just happy to do a favor. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, we'll have to check it out for sure. Yeah, man. That's really that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. All right, Perry, before we go, you got any last last minute things? Anything you want to talk about? I do not. Everybody knows where to find us, so I'll just save our plugs for Friday like normal. And uh guys, just before we go, can I can I get you guys anything to eat? You know, I could fix it up in no time at all. He does this every time. <laughs> <laughs> I now it makes sense. I try to find. Yeah, I try to find something from the minute. <laughs> it usually doesn't go well, <laughs> and he doesn't know. <laughs> so that's awesome. He's like, oh. <laughs> I love. I love this idea. <laughs>